here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast first of all thank you everybody for listening to our two-part special and thank you to lily for all of the incredible things you shared with us today's episode today's episode we're going to call today's episode the epilogue because we have um a pretty wild milestone a really positive one a really uplifting milestone to talk about today and we'll get to that in a moment but first lily becky how you doing pretty good pretty good thank you guys again and thank you everyone for listening and i hope people share it or feel comfortable asking questions or sharing it with anyone they feel might it might make them feel less alone in this so yeah it's it's a it's it was really a nice experience and it was lovely to talk to you guys and open up because I feel like there was stuff that you guys had not heard or I had not gotten a chance to say to you and that was really good uh, for me to be able to share. Yeah, women are amazing. People who go through this are amazing. And, yeah, and I so, really and I really appreciate all the messages everyone I, sent to Lily, say. to Becky, gotten, to me. We've gotten so many wonderful yeah. messages from friends and listeners about Lily and the episode. So thank you. Um, I, however, am not doing too great today because Lily is flying back to yeah. the Canary Islands in a few hours and I'm not feeling great about that. It's like there's a volcano so, erupting currently there right now. I wasn't even thinking about that. I just, you know, <laughs> so, um, so today's a tough day. Our summer adventure is coming to an end. So but it went, we went out with a bang. We did. We did go out with a bang. I will say that, um, should we just get into it, Shay? Do you want to? Yeah, get in. Tell us the yeah. story. Tell us where so, we were. Tell us so, what happened. Tell us what what we what, um, what the epilogue was. So the epilogue is that I probably, gosh, into the pandemic. So I eventually did get pregnant and then had my baby in during the pandemic, which was super fun. And the, I can't, I don't know exactly what moment, but I know it was a super hard moment. It was very real that I wasn't going to see you or Becky for a long time. Probably in the end, I didn't see you guys for two years. So it's like weird to even think about. And it was a tough moment. And Shai and I were talking on the phone and I, I needed something to like hang on to that wasn't too ridiculous, but yet tangible, but could be something that was extreme. And I said, you know, bleachers is this band that we have all connected with that has uplifted me, I think enormously in the last uh, two years. And I said, this is before they even announced a new album. And I said to shy on the phone, one day they are going to tour again. And they often don't even tour because Jack Antonoff, you know, writes Taylor Swift's music and produces it and has like a he has a day array. job. He has a very busy day job. He's a, a very yeah, he's job. very busy winning Grammys, and so he doesn't often get his multi-person band. It's like a five people in that band together to tour, plus writing music. So it was it was a long shot. But I said one day when they tour again, I owe it to us. I owe it to myself that no matter what, no matter where. I will get there. I will be there. And we will go to that show together. It will mean the world to me. And Shai was like, done. It's in the books, whatever it is, wherever it is, that's it. We've, it's like, it was written and that was it. And lo and behold, Shai, when did they announce the tour? Uh, I want a few months ago, April or March or something like something like that. They had released a few singles over the, like 
last stretch of the year. And then um, great songs, by the way, I, the yeah. songs that came out this summer, Stop Making It Hurt. Wait, that was the last single that was released right before. No, that was the Lana Del Rey song. That was the last. Oh, right. Okay. So second to that. No, last. no. Secret Life and the, uh, what are the fast song that I never remember the name of that, um, that I love, but I can never remember the name of. Um, but, no, the first song. How was Dare China You Want T- More. Yeah. Chinatown, then Stop Making It Hurt, then How Dare You Want More. No, and 45 then, was in there too. Oh yeah. Then 45. Right. And then there was. Anyways, they put dates and one of the dates is in Philadelphia. The tickets went on pre-sale and I positioned myself. I was in mom and dad's kitchen for some reason. And I, no, I wasn't in mom and dad's kitchen. I was in Dewey beach with my family. And I called Lily and I said, I'm getting these tickets no matter what. And it was during the pre-sale and there was a code to get the tickets in pre-sale. They weren't very expensive. I give Jack Antonoff a lot of credit. He did not gorge his fans. These are $40 tickets. And I did not know that there was a code needed for the pre-sale. And it's a good thing. you. I mean, they, they sold out almost immediately, those, and those tickets. I guessed. Should I guess the code and guess what I, I guessed did? guessed the code. I took How did you three know guesses. What to guess? I just did. I had three guesses and I guessed one, two, and then three. And on the third guess, you I got it, got right. it right. Talk about meant to be. I got it right. The code? I'm not going to give it away, okay. but I got, the, I can't give away my secrets of how I, I intuited and deduced it, but I deduced the code. I divined the code. No extra help. I just fi- guessed what I thought it would be. And I got it and I got through and I got us tickets to the DC and the Philly shows. Spoiler alert. We only went to the Philly show in the end, gave away yeah. the DC tickets. But, but so he gets because of Lily's tickets. flight. There was a lot of complicated things. Yeah. Leaving from Philly. We went, we went to the Philly show. Philly show was and also at an outdoor venue, right? The Philly show was at an outdoor venue. Everybody had to be wearing and I masks would say with very good mask compliance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone the around venue us like, we're checking vaccination the, cards, like actual physical vaccination cards on your way in. And the man music center. Asked. It was a very respectful, safe feeling situation. The man center in Philadelphia continues to be one of the greatest venues I've ever been to. I have never been to a show there that wasn't amazing. And the people who work there are amazing. Every usher. The crowd is amazing. So nice. We're so sweet. Did you have a good show? Have a good show. Here's the bathroom. Uh, they were just so nice, everybody there. So shout out to the man uh, in Philadelphia. And so Shy Shy said, yeah, so Shy said, okay, I'm going to buy the tickets. And now uh, I, I said, now I've done my part. Do your part. Figure out how to be there for this concert. You said this was a dream that we were going for. Now figure out how to be there for this concert. Because you know right. you're coming already. You're already coming. So oh, I'm leaving early. Well, and- I'm not leaving early. I was here for three months and I had to go home with my kids and my older son started school and I had to, you know, he was, he was starting kindergarten and I had to get home and I was like, well, maybe I could fly back for it. Cause it's at the end of the September. I was leaving at the beginning of September. And in the end, everybody rallied my rally. My husband changed his ticket with my sons to push out their trip as close to school starting as possible. And then they left so that I'd only be away from them for two weeks. And then I just extended, I changed my ticket and me and my little guy stayed an extra two weeks to go to the show. 
And in the end, the you know, we were almost thwarted by Becky's little one getting like a stomach flu at the last minute. Yeah. Becky just left her barfing child on yeah, the stoop I was like, oh, in right. Virginia. I was like, I knew something was going to happen. Becky's not going to have to come. It's not going to be the same without Becky. Becky rallied. Everybody rallied. It was a storm. There was a storm. The man rallied. Listen, by the time you're on your second kid, a little bit of barf is not going to keep you from going to a concert. <laughs> it's fine. So Becky and I drive up. The man changes the venue. Uh, it was going to be all outdoors, but there was a monsoon. So they moved us to the covered venue and we got there early because there's vaccine cards and all these things. We end up getting there early. And because we got there early and it was first come first serve, we ended up in the 13th row dead center. You could see up Jack Antonoff's nose. And then there were two opening acts that were fantastic, Claude and then this band Muna, who I'd never heard of before. And they were outstanding. If you had played me their music on the radio, I would have been like, oh, neat, electronic pop, cool. They've got some catchy hooks. Live, they blew me away. And I have to say, they also blew the drummer's parents away. How do we know? Because this nice little old couple were sitting next to us videotaping the whole show. And Becky and Lily say, that must be someone in the band's parents because no one else would have their camera on with the floodlight. Right. Like it's obviously out. a mom. That's obviously a mom. A mom has the like flash on the phone. Right. And 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 Becky was like, and they're not dancing. So they're clearly here to see someone. And, in and the everybody band. was dancing. I mean, people, well, they, they were like bopping along, but they weren't no, filming they the way they were not dancing. They no, were, they like were the, concentrated, they, very focused on right. one point on the stage and not moving so they can make sure to watch that one. And they, and, and they look like was, the drummer. Was, I was like, <laughs> I think it's the drummer. It looks like their son. <laughs> and then the Muna band leader, she got to the mic and said that it was the drummer's uh, hometown and then his parents were in the audience and then everyone in the section must have realized this and turned around and they were all patting them on the back and congratulating them. It very was very, cute. very cute. And then just to confirm it really was them, he did come out after his set and sit with them to watch uh, Bleachers yeah, play. That was, that was <laughs> so very, that was very, very cool. cool. And uh, it was it was, it was, was really also refreshing to be at a show where, which we did not realize was going to happen. Sometimes you go to a show in the opening act, no one knows them, no one's paying attention. People were very serious about both of these opening acts. Oh, Everybody yeah. that was at this show was almost as excited for the opening act as we were at the main show. The, the, I would say that there was almost a sensual experience for some of the there's audience a, some, members. A lot of people touching themselves. There was people was like, fully touching themselves yeah, during yeah. the first two opening and acts. along and, and, and going full up. But what I find amazing is that the P, I, I saw many, many people extremely excited for all three shows. That basically is like someone getting a ticket to a music festival, but only getting to see the bands they want to see. Yeah. <laughs> like people got like a three for one with this ticket. They were really into it, which was nice. It feels good after all this time to be able to go to a concert and like, and Jack Antonoff did say it. There's no cynicism here. People right. are there just loving it and soaking it in and being away from all the stuff and, you know, impacts you after all that time. And I, I think they would have given an amazing concert anyways, but they repeated many times that this was special because they hadn't played and, in so and, long. And he was so gracious to the audience. He thanked everyone. He talked about how hard it is to get out of the house, make plans, do all these things. And before the pandemic, and then how hard it was for everyone to get into his show. And he put everything on the table, jumping off parts of the stage, Run, every band member played four different instruments at different times. Uh, there was so much energy. They really laid it all 
on the table. I loved every minute of it. And Lily loved it from the opening minute. Lily wept from the first notes of the first song. I did. And the three of us. I loved, I love that song very much. The song is called 91 and it's the first song on the album. And we were taking bets. We hadn't looked at any set list and we were taking bets what song they would play. And you, um, you know, you, you had ideas or whatever. And I said, if I was him, I would start that. You have to start it off with 91. It's such a great opener. And he did. And it was just so beautiful. And then you and Becky hugged me at that moment. And I just started crying. <laughs> That's true. We were the only weirdos at the show. Hugging that were each other. Hugging each other most Full of embrace. the show. There was three. They were, they were like, who are these weird adult siblings who came to a show and hugged each other the entire time? I mean, there were people like full on just like grabbing their own boobs during this show, but we were definitely the weirdos. Yeah, we, we were the siblings we were who hugged. So <laughs> it was really special. It was a culmination. It was this, it was, it was making something hopeful and incredible and joyful happen after what had been this incredibly difficult year on a normal year, let alone everything that you had gone to. And and it really was the epilogue of of this of this wild story that you told in our last episode, also. So we're really truly grateful that you made it the trip, Lily, and that we were able to put this night together uh, with in 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 um, in place of this last minute barfing from Becky's kids too. Way to go, back. Thanks. All right, now this is still a pop culture podcast. We've talked about pop cultures. Everyone should check out the bleachers. Should check out Muna. Should check out Claude. But you should also check out some movies that deal with fertility. And uh, we're going to first talk about some comedies. We're going to do a bit of a comparison. There aren't that many, but we're talking about specifically some comedies that talk about in vitro fertilization. And um, uh, these are funny movies. So if you want to look at the lighter side of these, uh, we are going, this is sort of like the, this is a special features DVD of last week's episode. So the first one I'm going to put on the table here, and it's going to go up against, uh, it's going to go up against a classic, but the first one I'm going to put up, and, and if you haven't seen it, just pretend you saw it and, and then, you, you know, you can, you can decide, you know, just see. So it's called Baby Makers. It stars. What's his name? Schneider from he was in Parks and Rec and Olivia Munn. And I believe it was made by the Broken Lizard guys. And it's about a guy who has to who whose his sperm is losing motility or something. And he breaks wants to break into a sperm bank where he had donated sperm many years earlier in order to get his wife pregnant now. And so it's, you know, kind of a slapstick madcap movie. Uh, uh, I, th- I remember lo- thinking the premise was wacky enough and I liked the cast and remembering there was like a few funny parts, but it's definitely not a good movie. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not a good movie. So that's, that's the first one in the comparison <laughs> next, uh, uh, but, and it's going to go against, it's actually going to go against baby mama with, uh, baby mamas with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, Tina Tina Fey. Fey and Sigourney and Weaver, right? Dax Shepard. And, and Will Arnett, isn't right? It? Oh, no, it's Dax no, Shepard. Dax, Dax, Dax Shepard, yeah. Dax Shepard. And that one's another one that I think was it was good, but after it was, the, it was one of the ones right after Mean Girls. And I feel like it didn't, wasn't remotely in the world. I thought it was pretty Girls. funny. I thought it was pretty funny, but it, but after Tina Fey made Mean Girls, I felt like the expectations for Baby Mama were 
pretty high was because of her and Tina Fey are so amazing together. But I mean, her and Amy Poehler are so great together. But I, that was another one where I was like, eh, it was kind of funny. And I love Dax too, but it was okay. So Baby Makers and Baby Mama. I'm going to pick Baby Mama. Obviously Baby Mama. I, I like yeah. that movie. Baby Sorry, Mama. you're not going to like talk you us into not picking Baby Mama. No, no, no. It, it, it's, that's a no-brainer. Baby Mama, because I love all those actors. And even a weak movie from Tina Fey and Amy Poehler is going to be a great, it's going to be much better than the, the the Baby Makers movie, which again, I saw, but I wouldn't say is worth anyone's time that's a that's a meh it's a reluctant man but it's a meh okay all right now here's one that uh brings together two uh, of the most unlikely pair but they're an unlikely pair that have had some success together and this one is called junior it stars arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito and i want to say emma thompson is in this emma one thompson. emma thompson and emma thompson She's oscar that. winner emma thompson yeah. and these are two doctors who decide to which I think, if you made it now, could be a really interesting progressive well, tale. Well, yeah, I think it on, really is ahead of its time. Well, you, if you'd have to make it differently and 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 yes. with different actors and different premise, but in the sense that when you talk when you talk about pregnancy now, you're really moving beyond just women. You're really talking about people who can get pregnant, people with uteruses, right? You're beyond the gender of just female. So in that sense, maybe, but I think the movie is like god awful. And you do? I remember like I, I, know, know. I haven't given it a, a rewatch. It is a terrible movie. I think it's an insensitive, but, terrible movie. But there are just certain scenes I remember thinking were so funny. Like, like the entire, I mean, the entire premise of it is that this macho guy is gonna be like, this is the only way he can be empathetic to pregnant women. But my nipples are sensitive. Like that's the that's like the big revelation. I guess I need to give it a rewatch. I haven't I seen it since it came out, but I remember. I just want to say, it was funny how about men just respect women and listen to them without having to be without having to be pregnant? Let's just do that. Sure, but this was made in was this made in like the late nineties? When was this made? I'm gonna check. Probably the the nineties. And for the 90s, this was uh, acceptable. Now, now, I always told my wife. That's early, I, early 90s. 90s. I, I would say, I always told my wife, if I could get pregnant, like if we could have alternated kids, I totally would have. Well, we know. It would have been know. so fun. I'm always a little jealous of her that she got to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know. I know it's not a great movie, but... It, it was there were some really funny parts of it and it's just very special to see arnold schwarzenegger pregnant and and i will say he does reprise his um co-acting or whatever his his working with devito and um what's your name from kindergarten cop and what's your name from kindergarten cop angela reed pamela reed pamela reed pamela reed is in it too she's pregnant in it oh i love pamela reed um, pamela reed is so, also in cadillac now. In what? Cadillac Man. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, an, she's great. An underrated Robin Williams movie. Oh, I have to see it. Robin Williams and it. Tim Robbins. You got to go back and watch that movie. I love that movie. But but Kindergarten Cop, her and him are fantastic. And then you've got him and DeVito. So I think there's magic in the seriousness of Emma Thompson. I think there's magic in the movie that as a kid, that's probably all I connected with. Did not care about and didn't understand and the, the appropriateness or the offensiveness of this movie. Um, I, I should give it a rewatch, but 
I think I might have to pick it over baby mama. I don't know. That's tough. I guess baby mama wins. Yeah, I'm still going to go with baby mama, although I am rooting. I have a special place in my heart for junior. But if I'm going to rewatch one of them, I'm going to rewatch baby mama. Baby mama. Ivan Reitman. Uh, look, I love Ivan Reitman, but Me too. that movie was All right. wackadoodle. Now, this is a movie that I, the next one is not one I've seen, oh. but it's called What? to expect when you're expecting is this just the same as the one well no there's this movie of he's just not that into you is this just the same movie movie, but people are pregnant oh i like that yeah it's the same you're following a lot of different storylines on related topics and some of them intersect and people live in houses that no normal people can afford yeah yeah yeah. um but (laughs) and to be fair there's like a infertility there's like two infertility storylines i think in the whole thing the whole movie isn't about that so i almost feel like it's a bit hard to rate because overall as a movie i think it's extremely funny and i would pick that over baby mama but the fertility storylines are one in an ensemble of storylines so it's not the the dominant the dominant story so i don't know if this being the specific topic, I can choose it according to the rules. I think you can. I, although we, yeah, I think you well, can. Well, is it a better movie than Baby Mama? Yes. And is it enough of- I don't know. Is it better? I don't know, but it's better. very funny. The scenes with Elizabeth Banks, she- Is she in, in the IVF funnier part than of the, anything. Is she no, in vitro well, part no, of the movie? No, because she ends she up ends conceiving up, she, without she, intervention. But is that part of the story for her? Yeah, she- um, but but that's yeah, the same thing in Baby Mama. Spoiler not, alert! In the end, she, she also use, it's a surprise right. at the end that she ends up having Dax's baby. But the whole movie, you think she's been in vitro fertilized, which I thought was one of the sort of oddest cop out story devices in Baby Mama, which made Baby Mama kind of ridiculous. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. Um, she's supposed to be a surrogate, right? And in the end, she's not really a surrogate, right? Like. It's they they they, they completely they completely dodge the whole story of what baby mama is supposed to be about. They negate the whole thing that they're talking about really? throughout the movie. That's a really I'm good point. Pick what to expect because like I watched the whole I movie really about that. this woman being a surrogate and she's not really a surrogate at the end. It's- right. Although in the end, in in what to expect, no one actually does. I don't know if Jennifer Lopez's character had tried IVF or just can't. Uh, she can't well, do it. I don't know. Either way, which one is better? Baby mama. Or- I like what to expect. If you're okay. looking for something fun and to laugh at, Elizabeth Banks crushes it. Um, so does Brooklyn yeah. Decker. I think everybody's great in that movie. It's okay. All right. So what hilarious. to expect when you're expecting? All right. And now it gives an honest hold on. It really gives an honest take on like the the amount of human being could fart pregnant. And I think that that's always important. But to then showcase. also how you feel as a pregnant person being around other people who are pregnant. Yeah. That's yeah. like a very, how you you perceive other people who are pregnant. Um, anyways, that's, that's just overall a great movie about pregnancy, fertility, has some good infertility storylines. Uh, yeah. That's the winner so far. All right. Now. Last in the comparison. This movie takes science to a whole new level <laughs> where a group of men, a group of top scientists, mix their sperm into like a melange and impregnate a female scientist. And she gives birth to one superhuman child. But surprisingly, 
the remainder creates a second twin. And thus, the twins are born. And it's the movie Twins, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. So they are twice, this pair is twice on this list. Which... Do you remember seeing that movie as a kid? It says a lot about the 90s. I'm going to also, I'm going to, here's why I'm not, here's why I'm not picking twins. Here's why I'm not picking twins. Could that movie be made? I'm not picking twins. Here's why, here's why I'm not picking twins. It's very specific to me because twins is one of those movies that when I was a young child, probably when you could rent it on VHS, right? I was probably six, eight years old, 10 years old. This is the type of movie that at that time, early 90s, was an adult movie deemed somehow appropriate for a young child to the watch rule. as if it was okay. normal. It's and also Ivan Reitman and the rules are different. I'm literally in the middle of talking. I'm literally in the middle of talking. Becky, you were only four. I mean, you were four. That's practically like, an adult when, in the 80s. That's like old that's enough to point. see Die Hard so, in the right, 80s. So when I saw it on VHS, I'm sure when I was six years old, adults thought, oh, this is totally appropriate for a child and I watched it. I didn't understand it. I there saw was some... it when I was my youngest daughter's age. Right. So <laughs> I just felt like I didn't understand it. I get us. I knew I was supposed to be funny, but it was also somehow very upsetting at the same time. And I've never, I've always walked away from that movie being like, I have bad memories of it. Like, I don't, I don't associate that with a fun, funny movie. I associate that with a movie that I had to watch when I was younger, but didn't understand and not in a good way. So I'm still picking what to expect. When Danny DeVito tells Arnold Schwarzenegger because he he I think he rips his shirt and he has to go to a store and he buys the born to be bad shirt and he's wearing his shorts. He says, you look like an Albanian sheep herder. <laughs> and so he takes him to the suit store and they buy those tailored suits. And, they, and then just, they and they're wearing the identical outfit. They're wearing the identical outfit. Man, it's, I mean. I was six at the time, so that's basically like being in my twenties for eighties movies. I mean, yeah. I guess I'll rewatch it as an adult and give it another try. But as a um, kid, that is not a movie I enjoyed let, watching. Let, let I get... <laughs> I loved it as a kid. I'm still picking um, what to expect because just uh, the big... inaccuracy of what is capable with the science, I feel, has to be offensive but to it someone. Did leave to the twins. Um, the twins theory, where sometimes you do look at people and you go, ah. Yeah. That's one a got all the <laughs> so let's just go over the cast. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Kelly Preston. Oh, late Kelly Peace, Preston. Chloe Webb, David Caruso in a small role as the guy managing the parking garage that Danny DeVito does his sketchy car stealing scam in. Amazing. And Maury Chaikin, who I believe is an alum of Dad's High School, plays he, one of the mobsters. Also, may he rest in peace. And Apparently, Heather Graham, when she was really young, was in that movie. She's probably um, one of the babies that they end up having. And some guy named... Because they all end up having twins. I thought, I thought Frank Langella was in this movie, but I guess he's in Junior. No, he's in Junior. Okay. And then, and then <laughs> some guy... Ivan Reitman. And then some guy named Nehemia Persoff. So there's also people from Synagogue in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Twins. For me, Twins is the winner because that is... And, I, and ironically, the one that is the most about IVF, I guess. I guess, sort of, yeah, or genetic, I don't know, I'm, something or other. I guess if I were to take one more, if I were to take one more, and this isn't a comedy, and we didn't really, uh, let's segue to let's segue to serious movies. And I actually am going to throw one in at the last minute here. 
that we didn't talk about, but I would say it is one of the most beautiful movies ever made. And it's really more about not just the ethics, but it's about nature versus nurture. And it's about, you can plan and you can do all of these things and people can question the ethics. And ultimately we do have to remember these kids are human and kids, are, there is a certain amount of things that just can't be determined by all the science and the genetics um, as much as you can try. And to me, Gattaca is one of the most amazing oh. movies ever made. Amazing. Ever made. Ever made. That's amazing. Uh, I totally and agree. when I think of when I think of times in our life, and when I think of Lily going through her period, when I think of, you know, our dad as a as or our mom as inspirational people in our lives, and I think of moments where I've had to go the distance in in, in parts of my life, and I think of the final scene in Gattaca when the the one brother who's supposed to be genetically perfect talking to the other brother asking him how he's able to swim as far as he's able to swim and he says i didn't save anything for the i think the about swim that back. i think about that scene a lot too literally one of the most inspiring things ever made and that movie do, does deal with do, doesn't necessarily deal with the concept of in vitro although maybe it does but it does uh, in the sense that it does deal with the sort of the manipulation of the sperm and the eggs and the biology of all that. So I'm going to put, we're segueing now to just mention some movies that deal with some of the concepts we've been talking about. Sure, but let, let's just, you know, for people who may all. not be in the know, you know, assisted fertility does not create, you know, perfect specimens. It just, <laughs> just gets you pregnant. Like, I know, Lily's kid, people Lily's, shouldn't confuse the science. Lily's kid does have telekinesis. Well, no, and, he's resistant to he's resistant he's to cold. And he's resistant he was, to cold. He was cryogenically frozen. And he's resistant to cold. And I saw him lift a car. But <laughs> but other than that, he's <laughs> totally normal. Uh so some of the other some of the other serious ones that we noted, we talked about. Juno deals with infertility. It's one of the elements that Jennifer Garner's character deals with. And I think it's very sensitive in that in that film, the way they deal with that. Um, and she puts in a beautiful performance. Jennifer Garner, by the way, she's oh, so awesome. She's, she's a national treasure. Love her. If you don't she follow her, if you don't follow her on Instagram, do yourself a favor and start. Her right my now. kids, my show, kids uh, my love kid. Jennifer Garner. Who doesn't? She's so and then, if you don't love Jennifer Garner, you know, just just the that, Yes yeah. movie, the Yes name movie is a very cute. cute movie to watch with my kids. Yeah. And then there's some other ones that I don't, I don't. I don't know much about, but Lily and Becky, you have mentioned. So why don't you take us through those? Yeah. Private so, life. Oh, um, so, so yeah. So I think there's a lot of movies that are made about this topic. I, oh, there's a bunch of documentaries or whatever. The, there's some recent stuff that I think if people are interested in uh, has gotten some fantastic reviews. One is Private Life with Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti, which takes a more realistic approach in the storytelling of this couple who are struggling to have children, I believe, in New York City, and deals with, you know, the immense difficulty of this, you know, taking on this endeavor, but also the, the money aspect of it. And I, I have not been able to see it yet, but... Um, because I, I don't think I could handle something so realistic personally, but I read that it's excellent, excellent, excellent. And I, you know, other stuff that made me think of or that I've read is that it's often side characters. You don't really get a movie that the the main topic is this and, and told in a serious way. And that is important, I think, because 
uh, I read it's, uh, our, um, a writer wrote, if people like war stories, wouldn't they like a story like this? And so, you know, we go to the, the movies to see serious topics and this is so prevalent in our society. So that's interesting. Then there's the new um, Alana Glazer, Justin Thoreau movie uh, called False Positive, which is more over the top kind of horror social satire about the topic that I'm more interested in seeing because I could, I could be down for seeing a movie about this topic. That's more, you know, in a surrealistic vein because it's less, I guess, realistic, but I am, I I think these both sound good, but these are neither movies I'm going to seek out to watch. Uh, If you see them and you tell me they're awesome, maybe, but I'm not, I think I could, I think I could see false positive. It's got uh, also great reviews. Um, and then Master of None, episode th- uh, season three, episode four, I think it is. You, you have on the notes episode five, but I think oh, it's sorry. episode four. Um, has been hailed as this beautifully told story of uh, Lena Waithe and Naomi Aki's characters um, starting the journey um, to uh, have a baby with assisted fertility treatment and. I, I, I've read that it's just really, really well done. So that's another thing that's, you know, if people are interested in, it's good to see that these stories are being told in different ways. The comedy is easier to swallow. And I think that that's great. I mean, who doesn't love comedy? But again, as we're looking at these comedy movies, very few seem to actually be about, the, the, they're ridiculous. Or in the end, not really about the IVF and so, or fertility. And it's good to see that other stories be told about this topic. The percentage of women that go through this is enormous and it's part of our society. So it's nice to see it being included in storytelling. Um, and Becky had uh, one. Oh, yeah. And then the, in the show Masters of Sex, which I think is a Showtime series that, is, that was yeah. on, um, the 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 main character is a played by Michael Sheen is a fertility specialist and his own, his wife has uh, fertility issues and and he's treating her. And that's a big part of the first couple seasons, the storyline. And I mean, when does it take place in the sixties, I think. And it's a really interesting look back on historically what was done then and the science then. So, I mean, it's not detailed and it's not a documentary by by any means but and it gives you a window into into it so uh that's that, that was super cool uh yeah and then uh a movie that is out that we haven't seen but we've talked about all being really interested in seeing is i think it's on hulu right um okay. it's called together together it stars ed helms and hattie harrison i believe her name is yeah And from the trailer, it looks like it's about a man who is single, wants to have a baby and has a surrogate and, you know, going through that process and it looks funny and emotional. So I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing that. That's also a different perspective of, right? A cis man who, I I mean, I assume he is, I, I, from the yes. trailer that's the impression you get uh, yes, absolutely also haven't seen ed helms in a while so it'd be interesting to see right. i feel like jason sudeikis looks enough like him he's really eating up all of the square headed white dude with brown hair parts right now so uh and speaking of sudeikis i would say my one shout out and wreck this week as we transition to that is well not shout out wreck just a quick discussion because i think we have we should just do a ted lasso episode i don't want to get too deep into ted lasso but ted lasso 
the coach beard episode was maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen. I love the actor. I love the show, but as far as bottle episodes go, that was the show had such an incredible momentum going and it was like, that was, it was such a letdown. And it was also because it was the last one we were all watching together it they was, got a little bit back last night. I don't know if you've seen the funeral. I episode. did not. I'm breaking. I've broken up with the show. I'm going to get back together with the show. I, I would wait. I'm so pissed. But you know, I, this means that season three is going to be incredible, which is historically what happens with a lot of show. A season one that pulls you in season two that you're like, okay, not sure where this is going. And then typically season three knocks your socks off. So all I'll say so is, is that you gotta, you gotta the, the second ever, this episode after coach beard is clearly getting the momentum back but i would say wait another week and watch two in a row because there's so much to come back from from what a momentum killer that that coach beard episode was that i i would have needed two episodes to to really get going the funeral episode was that that happened was pretty good uh, but i will say the biggest fail of this season it's overall been really good i love the characters what they're doing with ted and ted's own journey is amazing but it's got, biggest fail was getting, not enough sophia obviously well obviously but they a they've interrupted ted's journey and jamie and roy like the main characters which are to me ted the aunt rebecca jamie keely and roy the most those are the five most interesting characters who have very interesting things happening to them. I'm now watching Nate, Coach Beard, Sam, random guys on the team that I don't care about, the the Ned Spith, whatever his name, Leslie, who it's nice to see his family and stuff, but I feel like I have double the people I'm following right now and I only care about five. But the biggest one that aggravates me the most is Nate. I cannot understand what they have, just like they, they it seems that they Definitely, wrote yeah. his part and then mixed up the puzzle pieces in the story. Or, or so, one person wrote a part of it and they were like, now you take a turn. And yeah. then they wrote another part yeah. of it and they did not get cons- like a consensus. So there's no continuity person. Anyways, but yeah. Ted Lasso. So what I would say for fans of the show, which is still amazing, is that if you didn't like the Coach Beard episode, watch, wait two episodes and watch two in a row because the funeral one was good, but it wasn't yeah. enough to get me Beard back episode. going. I'd even tell people well, to just skip it. The, skip that episode. Yeah, it's skip the Coach Beard After awful. Dark episode. Watch that at the end of this season as like a fun, as if it was like a fun special feature you got on the DVD, like a short film that was just like, hey, want to see this fun random thing we created? And then that would be fun. But to put it on in the middle of the season when you're when there's such high stakes for all the characters. Oh. Now, all that being said, any I feel like there's nothing else we watched, so. I mean, I started watching Sex Education, the newest season of it. I'm really, really liking it. I'm so excited, I but finished, I have to wait for her. I thing. finished The Chair. I I really overall loved it. I, I was very interrupted in the last episode, so I can't tell if the last episode was great or not. But other than that, it, it was wonderful. Um, so I've seen those two things. That's okay. about it. Um, all right. And, uh, and, oh, I started Kim's convenience at mom's recommendation. Oh, yeah, we started that last yeah. Night yeah. Very cute. Very cute. Very cute. Very, cute. Very, cute. Very, cute. Very oh. Toronto. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Becky, where can people follow you? At paper BK princess on Twitter. Lily, where can people follow you? Chi Chi C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. And, um, at the Friday night movie 
pod, but not pod, just Friday night movie on Instagram. Yeah. And you can follow me at pancake for table on Twitter and Instagram at Friday night movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday night movie pod.com. We got to run because Lily's got a plane to catch. So check the notes for all of the things we follow. Baltimore Comic-Con is coming up. Becky and I will be there masked and vaxxed. We'll be interviewing people live. We are going to be right next to the cosplay contest sign-up booth. So cosplayers, we definitely want to hang with you. And the music will kick in. We'll see you soon, Lily. Safe trip. Literally, bye. I'm love you. Bye. Catch you later. Love you, bye. bye. Love you. Bye. See you in two years. Bye. No, don't say that. See you later, guys. Love you. Bye.